A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindegaard making Boris backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. Fast approaching 150 of these bad boys. And uh, as usual, the uh, three amigos are all here lined up ready to talk about not beating Weymouth and about how we're going to try and beat Solihull. Well, maybe just try and stop Andrew Dallas scoring would be a start. Uh, as always, let's talk. Let's say hello. David Coates, say hello. Hello, David Coates. Thank you very much, Ian Perkins. Say hello. <laughs> Hello, Ian Perkins. Lovely stuff. Um, Ian, you were the eyes on the game. We only had uh, the eyes of Sheridan and Wheelie to guide Dave and I through the game on Tuesday night. So let's look backwards before we look forwards. Um, what what can we say about Tuesday night? It feels like it feels like a game where there's like a hundred different mini running elements running throughout it, as has every game versus Weymouth so far this season how do you want to even start talking about the game was the first half as utterly one out of seven as everyone's saying it is and how much of an improvement did the second half bring yes the first half was as one out of seven as possible it was we just didn't string anything together i think from what i saw against um uh what uh, against wrexham and the way we played against Wrexham with such like pace and determination and we were zipping the ball around, there was just none of that, really. And I mean, it couldn't have started much worse. Um, I think Sonny, I think Sonny was a little bit overconfident because we had, we had, we started okay. We did, we were moving the ball around all right, but then Sonny nods it back towards Jack Robinson 
doesn't quite reach him, goes the wrong way, and then in comes the cross uh, for Sean Shields, wasn't it? He scored the goal to smash it home. And I think that reminds me a bit. It was Dover where we conceded really early when Grant Smith threw the ball in the back of the net. It sort of felt like we that just took it out of us completely because there was quite a good atmosphere there, obviously, with um, travelling fans and Yeovil fans really behind the team. There was a real sort of expectation, a lot of noise, and then just like that, it was like, shoop, all gone, silence. Oh, shit, we're losing to Weymouth. Um, and then I think, I know it feels like that pressure, we've not really had that extreme like derby pressure in previous seasons until this season and it feels a little bit like we <laughs> we struggle in these games you know with the the first game was one all the second game was one all and crazy penalties and then the first half we just didn't play anywhere near the levels that we have been playing like we didn't get Sonny in the game and I think maybe he didn't get himself in the game but it feels like you know he was brought off at half time so obviously the manager wasn't happy with his performance um, that connection, you know, we miss Tom Knowles. We miss Tom Knowles massively in that front three. And obviously the big one was Josh Staunton as well. How much uh, credit, and it's a dangerous thing to do, I know, but how much credit do we need to give Weymouth? Because for everything that we were hearing about how bad we were, Sheridan and Wheelie were trying to use BBC Balance, I'm sure, and say gave credit to Weymouth because they looked up for it. Is that fair to say? They played some really nice football. And I think a lot like when when we played them in the, the first FA Cup match, I think I said at the time how the, the football they played, they had a a style of play. You know, they did play the ball out and they did use their midfield. And the other thing was they had width. They did have wingers who caused problems. And I think they really they Morgan Williams, I thought he had a good he had an okay game. He they isolated him. They were trying to go at him. And I think in the situation, I thought we handled it quite well. I mean, we didn't concede a goal from his side um, from the, the way the, the play built up. But they had some nice, they had some good players. I think it re- really it shifted when we made that change at halftime and they struggled to adapt to our new shape. I think we had width in Barnet and width in Charlie Wakefield. And they, it took them a bit of time to adapt to that. I think after we scored and then sort of in the, the minutes after that, I think they got a little bit more comfortable and then they started moving the ball around a little bit. They had, that, they had a good chance in the second half that if it goes either side of Grant Smith, it's 2-1. But we had that whole, you know, we had the whole situation again where chasing the game from the fourth minute, score our goal, or we get a bit of help with our goal and then it didn't really feel like we were going to find that second. We did push and we did have some shots from distance, but well, we've all seen the, (laughs) we've all seen the chance at the end. That should have been it. Did, and this is a bit of a cliche in that first half, did the occasion get to us? Or are we talking their tactics were better than ours, or are we talking fatigue? Are we talking too many change of personnel, albeit enforced ones, 
or was it just that moment of everyone's a bit young, inexperienced, learning about this brand new derby that's never really been on the line at Hewish Park in front of fans for any of us and, dare I say, a fair chunk of the people actually in the stadium? Was it the event that got to the players a little bit? Well, putting it in for 60 minutes, uh, 30 minutes with uh, Awoken yeah. with only 10 players. Yeah, exactly. Like, in yeah. There, didn't they? If you don't I think... I think there's probably several factors. I think I do think the the cock up for the goal probably rattled. I think it probably rattled Sonny a little bit because you know in in that lineup, I think you're looking at him to be the person who creates chances for Charlie Wakefield and create chances for Ada Yusuf, and I wonder if his confidence took a little bit of a knock from that and then he felt a little bit more pressure um but we just didn't we just didn't get didn't feel like we had a lot of possession of the ball and when we did it was uh into the channels for Charlie Wakefield to run onto and you know that you know that does that has worked um he had a good chance in the first half where he sort of smashed it and the keeper got a good hand to it um but yeah, I think they they we couldn't keep the ball in the same way that they managed to keep the ball. And I forget the name of their striker. I think they signed a striker on loan, didn't they, before the game? Man, Mampala, was it? Yeah, the guy from Carlisle. Um, yeah, and he looked he he looked a classy player. He he had some nice touches. He you know he did the old leg shake and got round a few players and stuff. He had a lot of skills. Skills that pay the bills, but his end product, his product wasn't his end product wasn't that good. But he, I think he was just a presence. He was a striker who, when the ball got up to him, he was able to control it and he was able to run at defenders and make them think about things with the ball in the same way that Charlie Wakefield does. But I don't know. He felt he had a little bit more through the middle than we did. What exactly is the leg shake? <laughs> I don't know. It's not like a step over. He sort of, you know, though Ronaldo used to do it sometimes. He just lifts his leg up and sticks his foot out to the side. That's what I would describe as the leg shake. Right. There's no one near him. It's not like he's going to pass it. He's just like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And I think Morgan Williams just sort of stood there waiting for him to finish, really. <laughs> Are you quite done? I was going to say, how did that go again? <laughs> 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 How do we spell so then, that for a title? <laughs> so asking a slightly wider question then, because you, you, you mentioned the Dover game where a similar thing happened. Is, it, is there something maybe about where we're going into games as favourites? Because we've slipped up against Dover. We've slipped up against Weymouth. Uh, we lost to Kingsland. Lose to Kingsland? Draw against Kingsland? We lost, didn't we? That was the opening game of the season. So is there is there that mentality where... When we're up against it, when no one gives us a chance, it is backs against the wall, us versus the world, and we're suddenly 10 times the team and we feel 10 times bigger. And But when we're expected to be the side taking a game to the lowly minnows, do you think we struggle a little bit more there? Well, did you, say, did you say need and market amongst that list? Well, again, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, yeah. Darren Siles said after that that when we have to look after the ball, we're not. It's good aside, and I think you know maybe we 
I don't know. Have we been spoiled? Not necessarily in the last six years, years <laughs> or seven years, but you know, we've we've been quite used to like decent football and keeping hold of the ball and a little bit swashbuckling as they say, whereas I think, you know, we knew at the start of the season we weren't gonna be a team that was running forward and creating a lot of chances. It was all about being steady at the back. And I think maybe we see it in these games where we go into them thinking it's only Weymouth. I think in our heads we still think Weymouth are, you know, however many divisions below us. But then again, we should be beating them, shouldn't we? Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because, I mean, obviously we dispatch Yate Town quite easily in a similar kind of way. But like, like you say, excuse me. Away from home? Yeah, it's it's a really strange one, isn't it? And it just, that's what gets me thinking about Wilsden next week. Just that strange little scenario. Of course, of course we beat Wilsden. Of course we do. No problem at all. But then there's that, that nagging little feeling, and maybe it's more for Sunday's podcast, but we kind of go, hmm, it's got a bit of banana skin written all over it. And it's just a, an interesting thing because we've been away to Bromley, to Wrexham, to we've played Dagenham, and we've beaten these sides, and we've played bloody well against these sides. Stockport. Stockport, yeah, and where, and where did we do all that? Away. Away from home. Strange, With isn't me it? there, is that what you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just wonder. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they. Maybe the. Maybe the pressure of the baying home fans. Is a thing. I don't know. I'm not sure. But you know, it's something we've uh, talked about. I think that sometimes that pressure at home is a lot higher. I think there's a bit of an atmosphere at the moment. Not. That I think that makes any difference at all. But. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is the expectation that we should be beating these teams and we're finding it hard to live up to that. But I, I, at the same time, we've missed... Who were we missing? We were missing Tom Knowles, we were missing Josh Storm and probably our two, aside from Luke Wilkinson, probably our two most important players for this team. And Grant, Smith, Grant Smith. Yeah. Wakefield's got to be one of our most important players now. He, he has. has I, bet, I bet he's starting to feel it. Yeah, and then again, you know, there's that whole, you know, there's that whole question around Charlie Wakefield. It's like, how much pressure are we putting on Charlie Wakefield to come up with a good? Because the issue is we've got strikers who aren't. Segway. Going to say that leads us nicely <laughs> into. I think we need to talk about Addy. Because he has been the subject of much conjecture. Because... It turns out he doesn't hate the Weymouth as well, doesn't it? And he's quite fond of at least one of them. Yes, with So, and, and anyone who listened to Sheridan and Wheelie, two people we all have an awful lot of respect for on their views on Yeovil Town Football Club, would have heard how Adi Yusuf was of huge benefit to the team, was working his nads off, was running <laughs> himself into the ground, um, was linking play nicely up front, was doing everything, was in the right places, was working hard. However, the universal opinion of those who were watching him was that Cal's ass would not have met Banjo. <laughs> and I'm a bit confused as to, to what... I mean, chances are it's somewhere in the middle, but it hasn't gone unnoticed that we are the third lowest scorers, fourth lowest scorers in the league. 
at what point do we start asking some questions? At what point do we start thinking, how do we best use adder uses? Because right now, we got to find some damn goals. I think we've been when asking we this question. Judge, when did we start long. judging strikers on goals? <laughs> we started <laughs> judging... That, Alfie. Yeah, yes. <laughs> all right, okay, right. That's all right then, I'm, I'm full for it. <laughs> Listen to Ben's face at that question. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I just say, I like how you said listener, not plural. <laughs> yeah, hi mum. <laughs> so, okay, let's... Single him out then, Ian. Let's let's have a few words. Just single him out for his performance on Tuesday night. From your one-person point of view, can we get an out of seven rating and why? Uh, I don't want to do a rating. Can I say Mr. Sitter at the end of the game that would have won us the match? Hang on. If you don't want to do a rating, let me start by asking you, why don't you want to do a rating? Because it feels like opinions on Adi Yusuf are subjective because... Like, obviously, Chris Wheel knows a lot more about professional football than I ever will. And if he thinks, if he thought that what Adi Yusuf was doing was valuable and was good, then he is more of an expert than I will ever be on that. <laughs> on, on that. So he obviously sees the value of Adi's style of play uh, to a to the team and what that brings to the teammates around him. But for me, I don't know. There were moments where he jumps to head the ball, but it almost looks like he jumps out of the way of the ball to, and ducks it because he didn't want to head it. <laughs> or there's like, I guess the big things were the chance straight after that he puts into the, over the terrace, the chance at the end, which he has to score. I think it's yeah, it's it a guilt-edged one. But at the, the same time, he's that type of striker who just hassles defenders and gives defenders problems. But he gives defenders problems when they are, you know, in control of the ball or about to make a pass or he's stopping them doing something rather than causing them problems for them having to stop him doing something is how I think. <laughs> I don't know if those words were in the right order. Um, but I guess I've said this, I guess I would rather have a striker who causes defenders problems because he's in the right position scoring goals rather than causes defenders problems because he's in the right position stopping them from starting attacks or getting their team up the pitch. Is he just a little bit short of being Courtney Duffus? Is that what we're thinking? <laughs> He's a long way short of Courtney. Okay. I would right. say. Let me let me make the case for Addy then. Sorry, Dave, I know you're going to butt him, but I want to make the case for <laughs> Addy. Because just before Christmas, in November and December, he went on a bit of a run. He got a couple of goals, four or five goals, I think, including the winner against... Barnet, Barnet, um, and I was having a look at some stats earlier. He went on a. He was the main man. He was the top guy. Ninety minutes, ninety minutes, ninety minutes, eighty minutes, eighty minutes, ninety minutes, ninety minutes. His last few games, whilst we've been out of form, he played. So before the Weymouth game, he played sixteen minutes against Woking. 
He played nine minutes against Wrexham. He played an hour against Southend, fine. He played 11 minutes against Bournemouth, just shy of an hour against Torquay and just over an hour against Torquay. Do you think because he's no longer the main man, the top dog, as potentially what I would call a confident striker, in so much as it looks like he goes on bits of streaks, he goes on runs, do we think actually the fact that he's got 90 minutes under his belt, the Vidi printer still has his name as a goal scorer, even though it's not his goal, but he's got a goal against his name, he's got a number. If he were to go on a little bit of a run now of playing a lot of minutes, we'd start to see that streak come back because I thought we were all fairly in agreement that that little pre-Christmas spell, he was very good when we were very good. It's an open question. Do we need to see more of Addy to get the best of Addy? I think Tom Knowles will be straight back in the side on Saturday. But, but, but alongside who? Do you think yeah, you, say, does, will go in? Does, does Sonny come out? No, I think, we'll go, I think we'll go back with Sonny, Charlie Wakefield and Tom Knowles again. I don't see why we change that because we gave Wrexham a hell of a game. We beat Woking. The only reason he might not do that is because he wants to, I don't know, punish Knowles for being a daft bugger or whatever he called him. But at the same time, don't punish us by taking away Tom Knowles. <laughs> <laughs> what, did, what did Reed look like when he came on? Because you say that or their that tactical change changed in our favour. Was that down to him or was that down to us playing for? We were four four two in the second half, weren't we? Yeah, we were. I think, I think he gave us. It was like that. He's not a target man, but he gave us that focal point of a player to get the ball into, to then get it out wide to the the wingers. Um, I thought he did okay. He got a few, he got a couple of shots off that didn't really cause any problems for the keeper. But I thought he looked, him and Yusuf looked like there was some sort of, there was a connection there, I think. Um, again, someone else might say he was useless. But I, I felt it, I, I don't think it wasn't down to Ruben Reed. I think the change in the shape and how we, played after that contributed more so than it's specifically what Ruben Reed did. We just seemed to have a bit more in the wide areas, whereas Wakefield and Wakefield, Sonny and Yusuf were quite narrow and we didn't then have, you know, we haven't really got overlapping fullbacks, have we? They they tuck in and stay stay back. Whereas then we had Barnett whipping in crosses and Charlie Wakefield out with chalk on his boots rather than sort of staying within the 18-yard box. Again, can I play devil's advocate? Yeah, if you want. That's the first time he's played 45 minutes since his return. 10 minutes, 2 minutes, 9 minutes, 5 minutes, 35 against Southend, in which he obviously got that that screamer at the end. Uh, 5 minutes against Wrexham, didn't play against Woking, then 45 minutes. Yet to start a game for us since his comeback. Didn't he start against Woking? In the trophy. In, in the trophy. How long did he last? Sorry, I've only got league games listed here. Ah, uh, yeah, he did start because Yusuf came on for him in the trophy. So I think he played about sixty odd. So in in, in terms of in terms of league, are we now sort of saying you're kind of back in? It's been what what was the Stevenage game? Fourth of December. It's been two months now. We need 
Ruben Reed to be putting in 90 minutes performances now. Are we at that point? Or do we wait and see how this tactical switch changes? Because <laughs> with the greatest of respect, here's a, here's a stat that I learned that I'm going to put to the manager tomorrow morning. Solihull Moors, they're not just one of the biggest scorers in the division. They've kept 12 clean sheets in their last 13. Yeah, conceded zero in their last four. <laughs> I mean, we've got to... It's not just me about keeping Andrew Dallas out at one end. We've got to find a way of getting past him at the other. Um, and so... Is he in goal as well? Andrew Dallas. Then <laughs> in goal and up front. Might as well. Um, I, I think now, two months is a good pre-season for Ruben Reid to come back and to get his time. I think we now need to see some returns from these two. Do we not? I, I, I would agree with you. If you can get Ruben Reid on and scoring goals, let's put him in. Yeah. I will judge him on that. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> you are right. You are right. But I would caveat that with who else do we have? Like if we're going to play an out and out striker, we've only got two who can play in that position, haven't we? Um, what I would say, and I wrote this in my conclusions, is that I felt it felt like a plan B. And I know Darren Sahl always says, my plan B is do plan A better. But it felt like the fact that we were able to shift it to a four-four-two and have two different strikers up front than who we had the game before, it feels like you know if if it isn't working at that point, it's just a, a one-player switch and we can go into a different system. So, do you not what you want, but what do you expect the front line to look like against Solihull the 4-4-2 or do you think we'll go back to revert to type and the 4-3-3 the with no pinpoint striker I think we'll do the same as we did against Wrexham and Woking because we took the game to Wrexham mm -hmm. and it feels like we probably are going to have to try and do that in this game I guess it sort of does it hinge on whether we've got Josh Staunton well, I, I, apparently we don't. Three games tomorrow would be the third, so I would assume not. Yeah. Well, but by the time we, we by, can by the time you listen to this, <laughs> we, <laughs> by the time you listen to this, we might be out of date again. But yeah, we assume not. We were told three games of which tomorrow would be the third. Mm. Yeah, but, but we will have little, and we will have um, not Tom Knowles. Yeah. So there is that. That. <laughs> And, you know, Dave was at Woking and we looked all right against Woking. Yeah, we certainly started very well against Woking, then lost the nerve a little bit towards the end of the first half. But, yeah, that front three certainly looked like they could cause problems with their movement and their pace um, against a, a poorer side in Woking. Yeah. Um, I mean, Weymouth, you know, league position would suggest they're a worse side than Woking. Um, but then Solihull's league perform league position would suggest that they're a lot better than oh, most any of the three. Yeah, exactly. I don't I mean, feel like we've answered this Addy Yusuf question. Very well. <laughs> I don't feel like we've 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 given a definitive one way or the other. But is that the is that the whole the whole crux of Addy Yusuf? <laughs> it's like some games really he looks like a world beater. Some games he doesn't at all come close to being looking like a professional footballer but 
other games he meets in the middle and he does all right. Like it's the same time, you know, is he a goal scorer? Is he an instinctive goal scorer? Is he a target man? Is he someone who holds the ball up? Like some games will hold the ball up brilliantly. Other games it'll just bounce off him and go to the other team. It's it's just I mean maybe consistent. That's what he is. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe that's why he's at this level, probably. Yeah. That's why he's bounced around a lot of teams. Hmm. He'll be playing against another one of his old teams, won't he? Yeah. On Saturday. Yeah. It's I don't know. I have to say he looked he looked up for it in the in the reverse fixture as well. So I again I wonder if that's gonna play a little a little element in that team thought selection. Do you play him against a team that he wants to get one in over and things like that? So yeah, I I don't know what kind of a conclusion I wanted to come to when having this adhesive chat. Um, but I feel but like we that wasn't it. Definitely. That we one. haven't got there. <laughs> uh, okay. Then before we move on and talk about Solihull, then uh, one word answers, Addy useless or Addy useful. Based on Tuesday, useless. <laughs> based on our squad size, useful. There you go. <laughs> Fantastic. And what I, about I, you? I, I, I don't know. Oh, oh, there's the yin, the yang, and the splinter in the arse. <laughs> I, at the moment, hinge on the side of useless. But I feel like I've seen bits of useful as well. But I, yeah, if you're making me fall one side or the other, right now it's out of useless. And I think he has to, between now and the end of the season, turn into out of useful if we're going to achieve our goals. Simple as that, because we have no other options. We need some Can goals. I say, yeah. I think that the, no one the... forced you into saying that, Ben. You forced no, yourself into no, saying no, you're, that. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, and I think I'm happy to be proved wrong. Yeah, I, th- I think I the... to be proved wrong. Mm, definitely. The, the 25 goals scored stat, I didn't really think about it that much until then the other day when someone tweeted that we've only scored... We're like the fourth lowest scoring side. And I think, Jesus, is that? So to put that into some context for listeners, Dover bottom 20, Kingsland 21, Wealdstone 22, and then us with 25. Um, South End have got 25 as well. But then you start looking at Maidenhead and Weymouth 26. 18th place, Altrium 37. 16th place, Aldershot, 30. 14th place, Woking, 38. Although that is, of course, a heavy chunk of tab on Campbell. And Torquay, one place below us, 38. And, of course, you can always flip that. We've conceded only one more goal than top of the table, Stockport County. So there's there's always two sides to that. Um, We've scored uh, 25 and conceded 25, haven't we? Correct. We're the only <laughs> team in the division with a with no goal difference. Um <laughs> Could I add into that? Kabongo Shimanga's got 21 goals in his own. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's real soul searching, isn't it? I, 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 you know, we, we've talked about a lot of, you know, what we want to happen and how we want the future to look. And I just think it's, <laughs> I, do I want to sit through another season of not scoring any goals? It's well, not, all like, we can say is that Addy or Rubin, if you're listening, and we all, we all assume they do, they all listen. go out there on Saturday 
bang some goals in. Ian will be sat under the H in the in the screw bit and just give him the finger. Not on, not on Saturday. Oh no, yeah, yeah, he'll be in the press box. <laughs> Go to the press box and just give him the ears, and that's all. That's for all three of us. <laughs> There you go. I just want to. I just want to bung a stat in that uh, was sent over to me by um, Roger the other day. Um, he was doing some soul searching as to why he doesn't feel like going to Hewish Park at the moment, aside from everything. Um, and he looked at our home results since 2013 at 2014, and we have played 190 home games and won 57. So the chances are, if you go four times, you will only see one win. Which, you know, I talked about the pressure of being at home earlier. When you put it in that sort of perspective, the home fans have not seen a lot of goodness (laughs) since 13 and 14. And, you know, if attendances are dropping with everything else that's going on, but it's also like, is that that long-term angst of, you know, not really being comfortable at any point in all that time of thinking, oh, we're going to, we'll win here. Is that, you know, that just seeps into watching games, does it? Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's too deep for Thursday night. <laughs> it might be, but I, 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 want, I don't want this season to have the, that what-if moment. And if we finish 10th, 12 points outside the playoffs, 10 points outside the playoffs, or let's, let's say we finish as we are now, 11th and exactly 10 points outside the playoffs with the fourth lowest goal scorers in the division. We are not far away from them playoffs. And yet we're sat there without scoring goals. And you just think that kind of defensive resilience partnered up with not a lot more goals. I'm not asking for... 20 more goals. I'm asking for six, seven, ten more goals. We could be in the playoffs. And that's that's the only thing I just I don't want to have that what might have been feeling at the end of this season. And so yeah, we need to find some goals big time, quickly, quick, sharpish. We had this conversation the other day, didn't we? Me, you and Pryor, where we talked about what we wanted hmm. or what we thought was, you know, what what was possible and all of that, and I was told off for not being positive enough. But what what stage are we at now with our season? Is everything still on? What, well, what are we? That moves us probably quite nicely onto Solihull because my first question about Solihull was going to be: Is this the litmus test? Solihull are seventh; they are in the last playoff spot. We currently have a game in hand on them. If we win on Saturday, we go seven points behind them with a game in hand. Let's say we win the game in hand. Suddenly we're four points behind the playoff side. We are in danger. We are four points behind Grimsby, a place above us. If Solihull beat us and a couple of other results go our way, the top 10 will break away very, very quickly and fight the playoffs out amongst them. And so my first question is to you two, how much of a litmus test, how much of a pivotal game, a pivotal result is Saturday for Playoff hopes, because I still harbour some playoff hopes. I still think we have a a team, not necessarily a squad, but a team that are capable of getting there and with a bit of support and maybe a few extra bodies in. I still think we can get there. But I think I feel like a lot 
hinges on Saturday, and that's a bit of pressure. Uh, uh, when we go to the um, uh, to the Solly old fan who's spoken to Joel, the point that he made about their success this season is that they they haven't really done it against the bigger teams. They've lost to Stockport, Chesterfield, Bromley, I think he said in recent games, but they've beaten everybody else around them. They've got you know they've got the um, they've got the results against the teams below them, um, and I, and I think uh, I don't know. I mean. To take the Wrexham game as example, um, the home game we played well against a good side. All the ones that we've mentioned that all just happened to be away from home that we um, that we performed good, uh, well against him. Maybe we. Uh, it seems to me that our focus needs to be more on beating teams like Dover and Weymouth and Wilston and those kind of things. They're the places we need to get three points, and they're the places that we seem to be be dropping them we seem to be doing all right against the better teams which let's be positive about mm. it that may that that's perhaps maybe should give us some confidence going into saturday but um but yeah i i think it's those teams that are below us in the table um that we should be we should be beaten which is why woking albeit it was the second half was horrendous or horrible to watch it was you know it was good to see us uh you know getting three points off one of those teams. I think that's where our season will be, you know, the fate of our season will be decided. My opinion. So, so then with, with Saturday in mind then, Dave, how do you feel? So how do you feel right now? Can we still make the playoffs? I never thought we could make the playoffs anyway. <laughs> but yeah, mathematically, we can make the playoffs, absolutely. Do you, do you agree then? I, I, don't, I don't think... Um, I. Not that I think Joe Quigley is the be-all and end-all, but I don't think with the goal scorers that we've got, and we've we've discussed all of this already, and we I don't think we can make the playoffs with the, with the squad that we've got. I said it before. We got a, a first eleven, which is a playoff-making team. We've got a squad that is a. I said 14th at the start of the season. I haven't seen anything that makes me think this squad is anything more than 14th. And that's, we've got some very good players there. Don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think we've got enough strength in depth as it is now. Well, we, haven't got enough, we haven't got enough goals, have we? We just haven't got enough goals to to do it. Like if, if Solihull go 2-0 up on yeah. Saturday, the game's over. Because we're not, we are. How many times have we scored two goals this season? More than more than one goal in a game. Well, it won't uh, be many. We not many very goals. many. Yeah, not very many. I tell, I tell you, when we scored three, <laughs> was when Adi Yusuf came off the bench against Wogan in the FA Trophy. Turn yeah. it round. Come on, I'm building you up now, Adi. League Come games, on, son. League games don't count. No. Uh, only league games count, isn't it? I tell you, when we scored three away at Stockport, where Adi Yusuf came off the bench, and uh... there you go, Adi, you're going to be a hero, son. We're just playing mind games with you now. It needs to be off the bench. Yeah, bring him off the bench. So, do we go to the stop uh, the Solihull fan now? Can we hear from Joel? Yeah, I think yeah? we should. Okay. Well, let's hear a little bit from Joel from the bandwagon fanzine. Okay, so it is a pleasure to welcome back to the Glover's cast for his third appearance, I think, keep the match ball after this one, uh, is Joel from the Bandwagon fanzine, a Solly Holmes uh, fanzine. Joel, firstly, welcome back to the Glover's cast. Nice to be back. 
yeah. Um, I saw on Twitter last week that you had, uh, had someone listening while they're filling their history PhD application. So I thought, oh, uh, maybe they'll ask me next week since that's uh, that's my thing as well. Oh, is it? You're doing your your PhD application well, too? I've, I've literally just finished, so yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not sure we can have these kind of intellectual listeners on our podcast we we're definitely too low brow for people <laughs> well i mean you know it's easy listening isn't it? yeah exactly. easy listening that that's that's a, that that is what we, we we like to offer although uh yeah sometimes the football makes that a bit more difficult i think but uh but yeah, I mean, I would say third appearance because we had you on in the uh, in the summer where you told us all about Ali Youssef, um, and we, we won't go there, or well, not just yet, anyway. Um, but uh, we had you on, I think, before we played you at uh, at your place back at the end of October. Uh, a goalless draw, if I remember rightly, lit up um, by two two sendings off Jordan Cranston from your side and and Max Hunt on the oval side and I'm just looking at your form since then and and I make it and this is with a taking Wigan to extra time uh, losing after extra time but nevertheless Wigan two divisions above you in the FA Cup um, played 15 won eight drawn two lost five um, and perhaps even more ominously form for the last uh, four games played four won four scored 15 conceded zero so uh i mean what has happened to you since uh since the end of october um that's a good question i think uh a big part of it actually is probably that jordan craft sending off right um in the harry boys who we've got on loan from uh sheffield united he was then he came back into the team he started the season because cranston was out injured he hadn't looked particularly good and I thought probably he would end up going back to uh, to Sheffield in January without really making a, many further appearances. But he's come in and uh, coincided with sort of the way that um, the way that Neil Ardley wants the team to play, slowly building and coming together. In that we we have these tactical fullbacks, we're getting balls into the box, hardworking strikers. I mean, we can probably go into Dallas in particular in a bit, scoring all of those goals in the last four games. Um, and uh, I'm not worried. I'm not worried, honest. Yeah, no, no. It's, yeah, it's all it's all started slowly to click. But I mean, the, the problem is those five losses have all pretty much come against the five teams above us. So right. we're we we're, we're not competing with the the top four today. Uh, but we're getting the results against pretty much every every other sort of team. Um, which I mean, that's that's what you need to do in this league, really, to make sure you compete in the top. Four. It's a bonus to. Um, to, to really be beating those top teams. Yeah, and just to, just to go back to that game at the end of uh, October, if I remember rightly, um, Jordan Cranston's uh, sending off was met with a bit of uh, a bit of upset from from Solly old fans. I remember our worst player Tom Knowles uh, getting all kinds of and uh, all kinds of grief from Solly. I said, really, what you're saying is you're giving a big thank you to Tom Knowles for getting Jordan Cranston sent off, and therefore yeah, uh, your, your man there on loan from Sheffield United coming into a pause. That that's what you're saying, isn't it, Joel? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, if it was come back, then that would never have happened. Um, no, to be honest, I don't really remember the same. I remember Cranston reacting, which is always stupid. Yeah. I, I don't remember what the incident was about. It was on the touchline, wasn't it? It wasn't the ball wasn't yeah. even in play. Yeah, no, it was a, it was an off the ball incident, shall we say? But um, 
yeah, it. Uh, I, I, I do, I do remember hearing a few choice words from uh, in a in a Midlands accent. But there we go. That's all in the past now, isn't it? But, um, but uh, talking about the present, you mentioned there Andy Dallas. Um, I, I mean, it's a player that Yeovil fans will know from his time scoring goals for a club down on the seaside near us. But he's got eleven goals in four games. Is that right? Uh, let me think. Uh, the hat trick against Southport. Yeah. Then he got he got one in the midweek away at Torquay. Then yeah. Five against Dover. Yeah. How's that? How many is that already? Uh, nine. Uh, so that's not yeah. And then two at Solihull uh, at Altrincham. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. against. Solihull. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's debatable whether one or two, whether one of those two or both of them were own goals. But um, right. Okay. He may have Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strikers always claim it, don't they? So, 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 what's happened to him? Because, as you say, I mean, he's obviously, you know, a, a very talented goal scorer. Um, I, I, I do remember um, when we, we we played at your place. He's obviously a player of some quality, but seemed to be uh, maybe not quite clicking for him in front of goal. I mean, what's clicked for him in these certainly in these last four games, anyway? I think we've got confidence is always a big thing for, yeah. for any any player in any position, but especially strikers with with. Goal scoring, not overthinking things, but all season he's such a hard worker. He's having to get the rewards. I mean, similar similar to um, Danny Newton, who tends to be strike partner. Like personally, I think Newton uh, is our is our best forward player, but I don't think he's scored more than a couple of goals this season. But they're they're both they're both like real pressing forwards. They go and they they put themselves about and they they work the defense. Um, but I think what what Dallas combines with that is very intelligent runner as well. He runs the channel, finds space. Um, and yeah, for whatever reason, over the past few games, really clicked between him and, and Joe Sabara. And they, they sort of, if one of them's not making the runs, they'll be feeding the other. Um, and yeah, they're, 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 I think that both of them are in the sort of vein of form where they're confident to, to start trying more and more outrageous things. And, and more often than not, in the past few games, they've come off. Um, although, I mean, the quality of the team you, you can only be what's in front of you but i don't think a five nil against dover is really that impressive well you know, we drew they, one they all at home like... with dover so uh... <laughs> oh, okay <laughs> yeah so well, they, 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 yeah but i mean i think they do dover in particular look like a side that should really be but like the squad seems like it belongs to three divisions below us and a couple of standout players uh altering them it was a bit of a different story that was another five nil but um they had a player they, sent off they, quite early on, didn't they? Yeah, they, they, they lost their heads a bit. They, they went a goal down, they were rattled, silly challenge in the midfield, player gets sent off, and then after that, they didn't really recover. Right. Okay. But um, uh, you mentioned Sabara there. I know he was a, a name that we saw with our um, multi-millionaire friends in the National League. I saw his name linked with with a with a Wrexham and maybe even a, a Stockport or someone like that as well. I mean, you're glad to see uh, transfer deadline day uh, end with him still in the squad. Well, yeah, because I think he's aiming rather higher than that. To be honest, <laughs> I think he, the the fact that we're now in February means that he's probably not going to move because he's not going to get a move to League One, um, which I think is probably more more fitting for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean it, it. It would just be for for any of us. I think it would just be horrible to to lose players to the likes of Wrexham because. Yeah. No, nobody nobody wants them to do well. No, no, no. They certainly don't. They certainly seem to be uh, making themselves into the uh, the 
pantomime villains of the league, don't they? But but one player, I think Jimmy Ball, isn't it, who did go to Rochdale, I think I'm right. That was a deadline day signing, wasn't he? Is he uh, an, an influence? Is he a loss? Yeah, I think he'll be a loss. He's a really versatile squad player, like a central midfielder, but he can play he can play a bit further forward as sort of a attacking midfielder. Or he can be a holding midfielder, or he definitely plays centre-back when we were a bit threadbare in that area a few months back. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's been a good player for us, yeah. but he's not a standout player. Um, he's a hard worker, and probably more than capable of, of going to Rochdale and doing a job, but he's not going to be somebody who's going to leave a massive hole in the squad. No. And I noticed that you've brought in uh, Mark Ellis as well, who's uh, and has another experienced head, isn't he, in, in, in defence. Was it is he on loan or is he a permanent player at the back he, there? He's on loan from Barrow. Uh, Barrow I think his con- contract's probably up at the end of the season, so it might be one where uh, get him in on a on a season-long contract after that, because he's getting on a bit. Um, probably won't want to see him given two years for the case. But, uh, but then, I mean, then again, centre-backs do go on. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's slightly, he looks OK. Um, managed to get Matty Silo sent off for uh, for Altrigan, which is always good, because he's, uh, he's one of those horrible players who, probably a bit like Jamie Osborne for us, like, he's a little wind-up merchant. Yeah. Filmy little player, but also tends to always play well against us. Yeah. So it was ni- nice both to, to beat a massive style team 5 0 and for him to get sent off at the end. So, <laughs> even if it did get rescinded. But he was, oh, obviously, did it? He, he was obviously still wound up about it because he went and found our, our tweet about it from, from when it happened to uh, comment on it. Oh, but, fine. but unfortunately, his account blocked. So uh, couldn't actually see what he was saying. But <laughs> just oh, he responded. Right. <laughs> right okay well it's good to know that you're uh living in his head then isn't it but, yeah well absolutely yeah but i know i do you mentioned osborne now i do remember uh, a sully old fan after the game uh, as i was walking out your ground telling me that we had we were a team full of wind-up merchants i said well jamie osborne certainly one of them i do remember he was uh yeah not not sure of something to say is he but that's what players do at this level isn't it so yeah yeah, yeah. no 90 ego 10 sensibility <laughs> yeah, well, um, I guess it just remains then for me to, to to ask you what what can we do to stop Andy Dallas scoring uh, on Saturday? Is there is there anything that you can uh, suggest to us? Because I, I have to say I, I am feeling somewhat ominous about the form you're in and the form we're in coming into this weekend. As the uh, the cling film supply down Yeovil way, <laughs> you could just just wrap up the gold. Yeah, wrap up the goal, you know, just like sheet it out. That's what you think, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to, I would love to see that in action, but uh, unfortunately, I can't be down at uh, that huge park on Saturday. Uh, well, you heard it here first, folks. If anyone, there's an Aston not far from Huge Park, so uh, yeah, yeah, I remember, we'll, I remember that. Yeah, we'll go down and uh, raid the cling film stocks and then see if that's uh, if that's what we can do. Well, Joel, well, thank you again for joining us and uh, really appreciate you uh, giving us the lowdown on Solihull. And uh, I say uh, I say this more with hope than expectation, but I uh, I hope you don't have a great weekend. But um, uh, I do hope that you, you, know, you go on and uh, see off some of these big money, uh, big money men in the playoffs. It would be lovely to see you uh, get to the get to the promised land. Well, yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice. And it'd be nice even if we don't make it to at least make the, the sort of uh, first 
round of the playoffs and knock Rex out so that they can't do it. <laughs> there you go. Brilliant. Well, we'll all, we'll all concur with that, I'm sure. Right. Fantastic. Joel, thanks again for joining us. That was Joel from the Bandwagon Fanzine. So uh, if you're listening and you're on the ground staff at Yeovil Town, uh, if we can get as much cling film as possible. Um, so how's it going to work? We need to get it on one goal and hope that we do the right goal and that we win the toss in the first half and then somehow secretly do the other goal in the second half. Yeah. That way... We've covered all our bases. Or we just cover both goals and go for a nil-nil. Yeah. Or, or we put tinfoil on the other one, because I did think about that. Unless it's that really strong tinfoil we get at Christmas for your turkey, I, I think it would just go straight through. Yeah, tinfoil's no good. Yeah. And there's a lot of hats made out of tinfoil anyway, so Yeah. But get yourself down to Asda. Get your cling film. Bring your cling film in. And when they run out of Asda... Go to your favourite German supermarket, download yeah. the app. Cling film is available. <laughs> Build up your points. Well, we have some questions. Do we want to go to questions? Yes, Quizmaster. Are they <laughs> all about your favourite Tupperware wrapping? Um, there's. I don't think there is any actually. I think because I think because we may have. Uh, not giving Ben Topman long enough to uh, to dream up some bonkers questions. So we've, there are we've, none for them. We've timed the tweet so that yeah. <laughs> to, so that, so that Topman's <laughs> off doing something else. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we do have some on football actually now. So um some of which we may have answered, but um it got an, this one uh, rolls into uh, what Joel was telling us about Andrew Dallas from Andrew Foot. Um, with Darren Sarl saying he was close to signing Andrew Dallas in the summer before he opted for Solihull, that's Andrew Dallas, not Darren Sarl. Where in the table do you think this aside would be if Dallas had joined us instead? Go can on, I answer? Huh? Yeah, you can. Go on. Yeah, yeah, you can answer. Go on. I'll say we'll be in the playoffs. I guarantee it. I think we would be a playoff side because I think he would. He, he is, as Joel was saying, a hard-working striker who knows where the goal is. Give him a chance, and he'll he'll put it away. That's exactly what we need. Just for just for um, again context here, listener, um, it is eleven goals in four games for Andy <laughs> Dallas alone, including two hat tricks and one where he got five against Dover. <laughs> Yeah. How many goals has he got this season, though? In the league, just eleven. Um, the three of those, so three of that eleven in four was in the trophy. So yeah. in the league, he's got eleven, of which eight were in the last. I was going to say three games, but he actually barely played in one of them. In that Solihull game, he only he played less than an hour against Dover. <laughs> they took him five. off after his five. Yeah. So he has, you know, he, he. We do have to remember he's had a quiet. He hasn't scored that many goals up until this point no. he came on in the reverse game didn't no he played the whole game in the reverse game didn't he yeah and he was the he was through on goal when max hunt hauled him down wasn't he took him down yeah um for the red card but 
I don't ever remember him being any real danger to us. No, I, I think it's uh, um, hard working was the way that the Joel described. But the other thing to point out is Joe Sabaru who's playing sort of a forward midfield for them. He's got 11 league goals this season as well. I think he was the yeah. goal scorer earlier in the earlier in the season, and then Dallas obviously later on. But, yeah. The problem is Dallas is now in this. He's in this like Paddy form, isn't he? In mm. that run where we knew every game Paddy was going to be on the score sheet, so you could always just put Paddy Madden scoring for Yeovil on your bet slip. We're a little bit in that zone, aren't we? Yeah. So Barra, incidentally, in the first seven game, uh, no, sorry, first six games, got seven goals. So there you go. He started <sighs> well. Imagine having two players on eleven goals. I know. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Neither one of them on... scored against us there, though, did they? The, oh, listeners, yeah. can't, the listeners can't see your face, Ben, when that was... I was, just <laughs> trying to do the, that. I was just trying to do the math. What, is Wakefield six and Yusuf six, which is actually five? <laughs> Isn't <laughs> it four? Well, is there the one that... Is it, has he scored two wasn't, on wasn't that No, wasn't there that one that Jordan, where Jordan Barnett crossed it in and, it, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he so claimed it? Yeah. According to um, <laughs> Soccer Base... Um, he's got eight, but they've given him the Weymouth goal. So, so Yusuf had one against Stockport, one against Yate, one against Eastleigh, one against Dover. The Dover one was the one that Barnett crossed it in, and he right. turned it in. Yeah, Wait, so they've given well, him that one did. against one against Barnett, not Jordan. Um, two against Woking, and one against Weymouth. So he's got eight. Bracket six. Brackets four, uh, four in the league. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, do you, you want to comment on Andrew Dallas, or are you happy with my answer? I think we'd be higher than we are. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Get that. Okay. I also don't know if we were we ever going to sign him. Will we ever? We probably would have. I think the most speculation was a blog post you did, Dave. <laughs> yeah. And I did. I did. Who did I say? Donovan Wilson from. Uh, from uh, Sutton, went, Bath City, yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd have been a good one as well, wouldn't he? He's doing all right. Uh, can't remember the third one. Oh, uh, Fellow, wasn't it? He went to Ola Fellow, Ola Mala. He went to Hartlepool, <laughs> didn't he? Yes, he did. I wonder what he's up to. I if he's scoring, I don't think he is. Overrated, um, overrated. right? Next yeah. question. I forgot Barry's... they had uh, the lad Danawa and Rooney as well. <laughs> the lad Danawa, yeah, and Kyle Hudlin, who's about nine foot tall, yeah. Tallest professional footballer in correct tickets are <laughs> still available for <laughs> come see a really tall man. <laughs> and what was the thing about that? Don Donaway, there was a fact about very good long jumper, no, triple jumper, <laughs> triple jumper. That was like, he represent... like, like national level triple jumper, yeah. not as yeah. good as Charlie Wakefield. No, oh, yeah, he, yeah. Is, he is the best on earth, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. no. uh, right, Barry Spiller. Any idea why our record at home against poorer teams in the division is so abysmal, considering we now failed to beat Weymouth twice? David Kings are in the maiden head. Sorry. <laughs> We've done why this. are we crap against bad teams at home? Um, well, as we were saying earlier, I wonder if there is a bit of a. I wonder if we do like being the underdogs. I wonder if there is a little bit of that. And I know it doesn't trigger a few people, but it's little old Yeovil territory. Isn't it where when we're up against it and no one gives you a chance, you rally round and all the rest of it. But when we're big old Yeovil, we crumble. <laughs> I 
I don't like it. I know you don't like it. Yeah, lots of people exactly. don't like it. We shouldn't. We're fucking. We're Yeovil Town. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> We've fallen so far. Yeah, but like we can't change any of that. <laughs> no, I know, but we can talk about why it's frustrating. Yeah. But that isn't that isn't going to get us three points on Saturday. And if we have to have this siege mentality thing, that is not just a little football club mentality. Jose Mourinho made a career out of it. It was us against the world mentality. Call it that if you want to call it that. I was going to say, not sure Jose Mourinho managed many little clubs, did he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He took Porto to the Champions League final and won it. Which, in the scheme of the Champions League, yeah, he did. But he's got that into Milan side to win everything with 40-year-olds and the rest of it. I've, I've gone off track here, but <laughs> us, yeah. against, us against the world's mentality seems to work when the odds are stacked against us. But when we've got to take games to teams who are, <laughs> are employing that us against the world tactic, seems to fall flat on us. I don't know the answer. I wish I knew the answer, but I think there is something in that. Do you think it's because all the players in those other teams have other jobs where they have to think about and then football is a happy release for them at the weekend? <laughs> That's an interesting theory. I like that one. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, yeah, football this weekend. Yeah. After Woo! they clock off at five o'clock on a Friday. Well, that maybe segues us into another question from Hughish Hugh, which is... Uh, it starts ask the family style question now i can't remember what hugh made a reference to so i'm guessing ask the family is i don't know a tv program or something i've, I've never heard of it have you ever heard of ask the family is this just some tv program i don't know about <laughs> i don't know like family <laughs> fortunes for old people maybe yeah but he says what are you saying about hugh <laughs> sorry i was all about doing <laughs> Well, he says, ask a family-style question for father only, as the other whippersnappers, that's you two, won't even recognise any other name than Andy Lindegaard. Which Yeovil legend booked for the Alex Stock Lounge would be Coatsy Boy's top choice to meet, and why? So I've asked my own question, and now I've got to answer it, haven't I? Hang on. Ask the family was a BBC yep. series between 1967 and 1984. I was minus four years old, <laughs> and I think I was probably a bit too old for the Dick and Dom reboot in 2005. I was, I was four years old in 1984, and I wasn't watching much TV at that point, I wouldn't have thought. So, yeah. <laughs> but I did have, I did have a I'm not making one. any comment. I'm staying out of this. Yeah. Oh, I see. So the teams were asked... <laughs> Ages and row. Lovers cast called into ages and row on, <laughs> <laughs> on global twenty four seven news. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the some, some of the up. questions were asked of only certain members, such as right. children only, father and elder child only. The series was an, was a knockout format with winner stays on. So there you right. go. Okay, so who's, who's the oldest out of you two? I'm eighty nine. Wow. You're 89? Blimey, you're older than all of us. <laughs> okay. Only just though, Dave, eh? So is that... Is that, <laughs> is that uh, so this is father and elder child. That's you and me, is it, Ben? I think so, yeah. Right, okay. Call me dad. The uh, <laughs> Yeah, so this is about... Normally got to pay extra for that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, there's the type. Um, right. So, yes, there's legends 
coming to uh, the Alex Dock Lounge for games later in the season. The first of which is Mickey Engwell, who you can hear talking on an excellent podcast with Howard Forrington about his time at Yeovil Town. Well worth a listen. Um, but who would I like to, to meet and why? I would like to meet Al James Hannigan, just purely because I would ask him to scream the words, come on, at me, as he, um, as he used to <laughs> Definitely do. Definitely going to pay extra when... for that. <laughs> 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 Deary me. I, I don't know what button we pressed for this, but uh, <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know where to go with that. But, um, you remember how James Anagin, Ian, when he used to walk off the pitch? Yeah, he was my favourite player when I first started going to watch Yeovil. Yeah, whether he won the hair or lost. And the headband. Yeah, and the fact he played for Arsenal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He, um, yeah, but he, uh, yeah, he used to scream. Whenever they won, he'd walk down the tunnels. I remember my mate um, uh, Hopper used to do the um, uh, the filming of the matches, and at the end of every game, he'd follow Al James Anagin off the pitch as he like roared at the um, uh, at the away end. Was that cine film? Oh, yeah, <laughs> cine film. Yeah. yeah, it was on VHS. I think <laughs> on those little tapes. Yeah, that wasn't that long. So the legend you want is Al James Hannigan. So yeah. for those who haven't seen this, um, ahead of a few Yeovil Town games, well, the rest of the season, it looks like. Uh, there Dagenham, will be... the next home game. Dagenham? Um, no, Solihull is the next home game. Oh, yeah. So not one, there's not one Saturday, <laughs> but after uh, that. Yeah. So, yeah, Dagenham, Mickey Engwell, Grimsby, Martin Grimshaw, Southend and Aldershot in Mar- at the end of March and the beginning of April are to be confirmed. Now, TBC, that's the boy coats. So I'm going to be a... You mean Neil? <laughs> he's, uh, less, he's less of a boy than I am. Uh, Dean Burke. No is he a legend? Does he count? <laughs> he's, uh, he's, 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 he's definitely doing well to be a legend, is Dino. Yeah. Um, Andy Lindegaard in the 2nd of May, uh, Wieldstone and Jeff Sherwood. So how many of those have you two heard of then, to Hugh's point? Uh, I have, well, I've heard of all of them, but I wouldn't have known. Well, I know, obviously know Andy Lindegaard, but I never, and I think I saw Dean Berkeley play because he was around late nineties, wasn't he for a bit, but the others I never saw play. I saw Jeff Shear, never saw Martin Grimshaw play, but there we go. Question for you, Ian. Have you copyrighted the phrase Glover's past? Because someone's clearly stepping on our <laughs> on our shtick with this. Yeah. <laughs> Imitation is a sincerest form of flattery. That's what we're saying. Correct, yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Next question. Um, sweeter. With possibly just one player and no manager officially uh, cheer us up. And no manager <laughs> officially on the books beyond June. Who would you bring in to launch the rebuild? And then a second part of this question, when do we start the hysterical panic about point one? <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you started the hysterical panic already, Sweeter. But... <clears throat> Who do we bring in? To launch the rebuild. Bob, the builder? <laughs> you can fix it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got no idea who the right person is. Someone with experience, I think. So is this is this question just assuming everybody leaves? 
Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, like okay. assuming complete clear out, just Morgan Williams turning up on day one, like the Will like the Will Smith meme. I was gonna say, didn't that happen in the um Darren Futsal's first season? He just turned up and Matt Worthington was sat in the dressing room on his own. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I think Stuart Nelson. It happened in the Sturrock season. Yeah. You think that all the that new went well. <laughs> all of the players <laughs> we had coming under Paul Sturrock. Um yeah, so I wouldn't bring Paul Sturrock in for the rebuild. But I think we need. I, if that was to happen, I think I'd want someone who is experienced, has managed in the football league for a while, and has a decent rolodex of contacts. Rolodex. <laughs> now, can I just say you made the piss out of me about cine film rolodex? Jesus Christ! <laughs> just saying what I can see behind you, Dave. Um, yeah. <laughs> there is no roller decks here. Uh, yeah, so I think, I mean, that, yeah, in an ideal world, I think if we we need someone who's maybe someone who's got promotions under their belt, I have a name. Gary Johnson? I have another I'm name. <laughs> I'm joking. Nigel Adkins. Plenty of EFL experience, plenty of Premier League experience for that matter. Lives fairly locally. I think he's. Bournemouthy way, um, out of out of work. I'm not necessarily necessarily has to come in and be manager, but a role of the building. Maybe he's in as an advisory thing, a little bit like Sean O'Driscoll was going to be down to the Seagull Botherers before he got the hook. Um, maybe in that kind of thing. Maybe maybe a, a director of football role ish kind of thing. There you go. If you want me to pluck a name out of thin air, then Nigel Adkins, please. But. There's a lot of other um, moving parts between now and then. Yeah, parts have got to move. Is Daryl Clark in work? Yeah, he's Port Vale, I think. How is he? Yeah. Oh, did he get sacked at Warsaw? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> have you got one, uh, Ben, before you move on? Well, I, I mean, I said before, I don't necessarily see, uh, well, enormous amount wrong with Darren Sal, but. Well, that's not, the hypothet- think... that's not the hypothetical. Well, the he hypoth- says, with possibly one player and no manager officially on the books beyond June, who would you bring in? Who would you bring in to launch a Okay. So, so we're suggesting that the Darren Sarl is not... Well, let's not... say in this hypothetical situation... Yeah, because I want Darren Sarl to stay. So okay. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. So who, who, am, I, who am I bringing in uh, here? Well, Al James Hannigan, of course. <laughs> I'm going to bring in... Dean uh, Burkeby. <laughs> yeah, our team's are going to ding Burtby, and they're going to they're going to roar at the uh, at the dressing room, and they'll all have to pay extra for it. So, <laughs> so when do we start the hysterical panic about <laughs> having no players on loan? Did I sound hysterical when I asked that question? <laughs> I didn't mean to. Um, right. I don't know when we start the hysterical panic. When a statement comes out that says nothing's happening and. Jeez, we go again. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, if if a statement, <laughs> not <yeah>. when. <laughs> there is no when. Don't do this to us, Perkins. <clears throat> okay. Um, so we do have another one. Uh, oh, we got one from Elliot Warner, um, which is who would win in a boxing match, Wilco or Ruben Reed? I think Reed. Yeah, I reckon Reed. I reckon he can pack a punch. Yeah, but could he hit the target? 
Wilkinson. <gasps> I can't believe Ben has said that after <laughs> everything. At least, you know, might have disagreed with you, but at least, you know. Coatsy's hoping he Coatsy's hoping he doesn't pack a punch though if he Yeah, exactly. He's gonna <laughs> when he scores, he's coming looking for me, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. All I'm saying is, end of the season, charity match, winner gets yep. a contract. What, me or Ruben Reed? <laughs> I'll take I'll Reed. <laughs> yeah, I'd take Reed as well. So uh, but my worry is that he'd take me out. So um, yeah, you got to pay extra for that. Uh, and then there's another question from Mitchell Clark using the hashtag GCQs, which is the correct hashtag to use. And he says, how many questions is the Russian lad going to ask? And I don't understand what that means because I'm scrolling down. Everyone has used the hashtag and I can't see it anywhere. So I'm sorry, Mitchell. I don't understand that question. I don't, don't know who this Russian lad is um, because that, there, there are no other GCQ tagged um, questions. So um that is all we have from questions. So does that mean we get to go to the quiz? Well, can we talk about Jamie McAllister? Oh, sorry. Uh, Ian, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What did you think of the interview with Jamie McAllister that you did the other, uh, that was on the other day? Well, I haven't listened to it since we did it, but... Oh, no. <laughs> sorry, hang on. Sorry, Dave, can you use the hashtag, please? Oh, sorry, hashtag IPQs, <laughs> Ian Perkins questions. <laughs> I thought it was good thought jamie was a good chat he loosened up after a few minutes we um you know we got him talking didn't we and you asked him about whether about him getting sent off against bristol rovers <laughs> i thought that was a make or break moment i tell you <laughs> the frosty scottish glare for a minute there and then he laughed <laughs> yeah and i th- i guess i well we posted our little story um <clears throat> in the build-up to it but it what a what a shit show yeah. not offering him, him something at the end of that season was yeah just Can nothing I... not even say not even saying anything I, I mean i was quite surprised that you know given that he signed for the club um under gary johnson and came to the club because of gary johnson I, it sort of feels like that relationship it felt like you know maybe <laughs> there would have been a conversation or something would have happened rather than just Nothing happened off his contract went and off he went. Like, uh, just think how different that season could have been. Had With a leader like that in the side. Yeah, because yeah, I think afterwards we looked back at who we had and we had Nathan Ralph and Liam Davis, I think, as our two yeah. options at left back. And you think, and he could have gone, for, you know, he played 40 games in the championship in his final season with us. So I think he probably could have handled another year at League One based on 40 games in the championship. Well, he did. He went and played 40-something games for Exeter. Yeah. Didn't he go straight went, to... Went he to went to India, India first. Yeah, but he And came then he went and... to Exeter, yeah. yeah. So he had, you know, plenty, plenty left in the tank. Um, what did you think of it, Ben? I really enjoyed it because um, I think it, it was... A nice hark back to that magical time, but also just a little note of that of that start of the, de- the decline and sort of the missed opportunities that are probably rife. The further we dig into that kind of after the championship era, I bet we find more missed opportunities, missed moments. Um, and, and we'll keep digging. 
and I bet we will find more. But yeah, it was nice to relive that magical, magical summer, that magical, magical final, and and to, to hear how he was so confident and everything was fantastic and played with a broken nose and all the rest of it. But then, you know, to be honest enough to say that things didn't finish the way that he wanted them to. I think hearing it from someone who had already, you know, had experienced a lot in their career as mm-hmm. well and how much, you know, you you sort of, I don't know, I, I sometimes get the feeling that older players, you know, there's a lot of older players who don't necessarily, you know, they're just winding down and, and you know, some may come to Yeovil thinking, oh, I'll see out me contract and that'll be me that's my final contract really but how much it meant to him and how he came because he thought there was a lot more to do at Yeovil and he'd be a part of something special and I think it was nice to hear that perspective from an experienced player who you know really led by example Here's a question then, going back to the hypothetical, if Darren Sarl isn't manager, what about Jamie McAllister? <sighs> Wouldn't say no. Well, he doesn't fit in with my experienced manager who's got a good done promotion and got a good Rolodex. No. So I think Ron Atkinson was probably a manager <laughs> when there were Rolodex. No, thank around. you. Not Ron Atkinson. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Now we can go to the quiz if you like, Dave. Go on then. Let's go to the quiz. Speak to everyone soon. Cheers all. Okay, so welcome to the only way that we finish a Glover's Cast on Thursday night. It is, of course, the Glover's Cast quiz. And uh, we have had four competitors take on the new look quiz. Not that new look anymore. Um, But uh, none of them have managed to get more than the halfway mark. Paul McCormack, two weeks ago, uh, got himself two and a half out of five. And everybody else, the other three competitors, had two out of five. So, um, as you know, last week I threw out a little tiebreaker quiz to see who the um, who the uh, person out there who had the good Yeovil Town knowledge was and said the first person to give me an answer will be invited to take it on. And I'm very pleased to say uh, and welcome Elliot Warner of the We Love You YTFC Twitter account, Facebook channel, YouTube channel, you name it, he's got it. Hi Elliot, how are you doing? Yeah, not, not bad, thank you. How are you? I am good, mate. I am good. Yeah, we won't talk about Tuesday night because, uh, yeah, by, by the time this comes about, we'll have done we'll have done enough of that. But you're telling me you gave it a swerve on Tuesday, is that right? Uh, a, a bout of illness kept you away. Yeah, well, I I would I would have gone, but I uh, I couldn't in the end due to illness. So no. luckily for me, I didn't experience it. I was going to say you probably did the best. Uh, probably did the best thing. So just for those uh, who, who were listening, the question was: um, name the Oval Town defender who played for his country uh, in the 1982 and 1986 World Cup. And Elliot, what was the answer? John McClellan. John McClelland is the correct answer. Yeah, a long time after he... Uh, um, well, actually, not that long. Uh, so he played for Northern Ireland between 1980 and 1992, uh, joined Yeovil Town in 1994. So, um, so yeah, that's a good bit of uh, good bit of knowledge or, uh, or, or research you've done there, Elliot, because, uh, 
Uh, I, I was only just about born when he made that first World Cup appearance, so you would uh, you would definitely not have been born by that. Yeah, point, I well, I, I had to do a bit of digging, but I got there in the end. So. There you go. Well, you got there first anyway. So, um, so congratulations. And your prize is to take on the five questions of the uh, of the Glover's Cast quiz. So the rules are quite simple. I will ask you a question. Some will be multiple choice. Some won't be. Um, and I will give you thirty seconds to answer each question. If you get uh, to the magic five, uh, then you'll be invited back to have another <coughs> go next week. But uh, if you don't, then uh, we'll, we'll we'll thank you for joining, and uh, we'll move on to the next uh, next victim. How are you feeling? Are you feeling confident? Yeah, I'm pretty confident. I'll, I'll see how I do. Oh, he's pretty confident, right? Okay, we'll have to get Nigel to make these tougher, right? Okay, well let's go straight for it then. So, question <coughs> number one: From which club did Alex Bradley? Come to Yeovil Town on loan before making his move permanent. Uh, he joined us on loan in November 2020 until January 2021. And then the day after his loan expired, he made it permanent. Who yeah. did he join us from? Lincoln. Lincoln City is the right answer. Yes. Oh, he's off the mark already. Well done. Yeah, good right. That's a good start. That's a strong start. Right. Okay. We're halfway to you know, bettering everybody who's, uh, who's been on already. So, okay. Question number two. Kevin Gould scored the first Yeovil Town goal in the Football League, but who scored the last? Was it A, Jake Gray, B, Tristan Abrams, or C, Tom James? It was A, Jake Gray. The answer was A, Jake Gray. Oh, he's good. He's good, ladies and gentlemen. It was a 24th minute uh, second goal in a two-all draw at Northampton on the penultimate game of the 2018-19 season. I think we drew 0-0 on the last one. So, yes, that's quite <coughs> right. OK, right. Well, you've, uh, you've matched uh, three of the four previous con contestants there, Elliot. So here we go. Question number three. How many seasons did Yeovil Town spend in the Football League? How many seasons? How many seasons did we spend in the football league? You're counting on your fingers now. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is this is where I, I can just hear him like adding up in the. Uh, I, I did this when I was checking this. So, yeah. 10, 10, 11, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16. No. Oh, I've messed this up now. Um, oh, oh, press is on. Press is on. I'm going to go, what would it be? You've got two seconds. It's not 15, is it? Is that your final answer? Yeah. Final answer, 15. Going yeah. once, going twice. Yeah, 15. The answer is 16. Oh, I'm you were close, I like you said. It's not 16. Yeah. yeah. First season 2003 4 and uh, last season uh, 18 19. So, yeah, it was 16. But, but anyway, that's. Uh, it, it, we can't invite you back next week, but we can get you to the top of the Glovers uh, cast quiz table. You've still got two questions left to answer. Mm -hmm. Okay. Question number four Adi Yusuf. Don't laugh. Has played international football for which country? Tanzania. Tanzania, however you say it. Tanzania is the right answer. Yes, he's top of the table, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, made his international debut in a friendly with Zimbabwe in June 2019. This is the kind of, you know, 
nonsense I have to look up over the course of a uh, a course of a weekend. Okay, well that's three out of three out of four. Let's see if we can make it four out of five. So final question: In Yeovil Town's first season in the football league, two thousand and three four, what was the average home league crowd? Was it a five thousand two hundred and seventy six? B 6,197 or C, 7,278? 5,276, 6,197 or 7,278? We had some very big crowds that year um, and we had some uh, slightly less good ones as well. So Yeah, um... I don't actually know, so I'm gonna to have to guess. You have to I'm guess. You've got go, one in three chance. I'm gonna go in the middle. I'm gonna go for B. You're gonna go for B. Six thousand one hundred ninety-seven. Yes. Is the right answer? Yes, it good is. Guess. So that was a good guess. Yeah, but yeah, like I say, one in three chance. But that that's always yeah. the way with multiple choice now. Okay, brilliant. Well, that gives you four out of five, Alex. So you are the um, like I say, the uh, the best contestant that we've had on the uh, on the Glover's Cast quiz. So congratulations for that and. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for joining and uh, keep up the good work with all the um, the YouTubing and all that. Yeah, thanks very much. Appreciate it. Nice one. Cheers, Elliot. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott. Goal. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 